Welcome to episode 98 of The Shanna Plan. Episode Hassan Ridgeway. Big shoes to fill, man. He has to replace DJ Jones. No pressure. My name is Kyle Posey. We, I am joined as always by Akash. Akash, we're two weeks away from the start of training camp. How's it going, man? Two weeks away from training camp. I just rolled out of bed, have some arm fatigue, you know. That shoulder feels a little sore. How you doing? I haven't been able to take pictures because my arm is so tired from holding the <laughs> camera. So, um, yeah, arm fatigue is a thing, apparently. So we've seen, you know, Mike Silver, I think you, Matt Mayoko. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few other people. Colin Coward. Colin Coward, that's right. So three pretty prominent names in the NFL space have dug in. And not just, you know, sometimes we say some things and there, there's not a lot of merit behind them, but which with each of these three, like they are digging in saying they've heard this, they've heard that. And then when one person hears something, the other person kind of co-signs and then you get these Twitter threads. And then we get to hear about, well, I have better sources than you, which is very Mike Silver thing to say, but um, I'm sure most of you have heard it by now, but Trey Lance apparently suffers from arm fatigue as a 22 year old quarterback. That's been going on for a couple of weeks now. Let's talk about like the validity of this and, you know, can we really, can we really take anything away from it? Is this going to be a thing all year? Is this going to last into August even um, as we get through training camp? Because once training camp does start, Kyle Shannon is going to be bombarded with these type of questions. So um, what was your take when you first heard about this arm fatigue? We've seen both sides of the arm fatigue debate. This started, I think, a couple weeks ago. Uh, a former Broncos lineman, Ryan Harris, who I think he works for CBS now, super random, out of the blue, basically questioned Trey Lance's arm fitness. So a couple weeks ago, arm fitness was kind of the joke that was going around. And I think at that point, people didn't take it very seriously because it was this former player. He didn't seem to have a giant media presence back in the day. You couldn't make the connection to how, you know, where his sources in the 49ers building was. So you, I think most people just were like, eh, arm fitness, this guy's just making some, some BS up. And then Colin Coward and Mike Silver, Mike Silver was on Colin Coward's podcast, basically said more or less the same thing, right? Arm fatigue is able to practice like consecutive days in a row. The 49ers have to give him a day off or some time off. Um, and Mike Silver's, more reputable. He's from kind of the Northern California area. He has ties to people in the 49ers building. I know he's close to the Shanahan family in general. So when he said that a lot of people, their ears kind of perked up like, oh, okay, maybe there is something. Now there's multiple people kind of saying the same thing. Matt Mayoko, our, our producer Rob dug up Matt Mayoko's quote from December, I think it was, where Mayoko kind of says, yeah, it's kind of a thing, but the 49ers really aren't concerned with it. You know, I think the big takeaway is that the 49ers are changing Trey Lance's throwing motion, right? I think that's a fact. They've tried to tighten up his throwing motion. They've tried to change up his footwork, et cetera, in order to make it more compact, in order to make his overall release more compact. And I think when that transition happens, I think the idea that there's some potential arm fatigue, maybe there's some validity to it. Do I think it's worth being like concerned over? I don't think so. I don't think it's like dead arm, like a pitcher in baseball would have where, you know, you just, your shoulder just, 
you know, stops working or whatever. I don't think it's to that level, but I think as he transitions from how he threw in school, high school, peewee football, college, to now the in the pros, I think there's going to be some growing pains, so to speak, and I think that's what the 49ers are dealing with. It's something to monitor, but I don't think it's something worth being concerned over. I agree, and to be fair, we've had a couple other people kind of shoot that down. So the Athletics' Ted Gwynn said that's true. Uh, he spoke with the 49ers coach, and the coach said, quote, I've never heard anything about that a day in my life, and in quote. Uh, ben Albright also said it's completely made up. So, you know, there's all like, who knows? But I think you had a good point where just, you know, it's it's probably not going to last. I do think um, just when knowing how quarterbacks operate and knowing how. So I guess how I should phrase this is over the, over the past few years, like there's been a change in how quarterbacks operate. A lot of it's from the ground up and they're using just their lower body. Everything is tied into their lower body, essentially. So. Um, whether it's generating torque, whether it's using everything from their legs and their hips. And that's new for a lot of people. So when you're used to only using your arm, I could see how this might be different and this might take some time getting used to. And, you know, from a mechanic standpoint. So if that's true, then I understand Trey Lance having a bit of arm fatigue. But again, for him to be the, the way that it's being phrased, I think is what's throwing a lot of people off. They're making it Absolutely. sound like Lance can barely get through practice or they're having to, you know, he's having to walk out with these giant ice bags on his right shoulder right. because, um, you know, he's struggling so much. And that's, that's just probably not the case. But the best part about this is the, the 49ers are having fun with the 49ers players, I should be specific, are having fun with this. Uh, Brennan Ayuk on Tuesday. He put it on Instagram, so he's been working out with Trey Lance, essentially dating back to last year. And he put it on Instagram that um, you know he's just, he has arm fatigue, um, and then all the 49ers players are jumping in on it. So I wonder how they are going to handle because they're going to be asked about this quite these questions too. And you know Trey Lance is too, so um, he's been pretty vocal um, on social media. So I wonder how he's going to take this, and then how his teammates are going to react. But as we've seen early on here, whether it's Kittle, Yuschek. Uh, Brenna, they're they're probably going to have his back. And just by the way, it seems like Ayuk's going to be very, very pro Trey Lance in that sense. So um I guess that that's the other question. Do you think this is going to be a thing a month from now, or are we just gonna be laughing at this? I think we're gonna be laughing at this for a month from now. Like I said, I'm sure the 49ers uh local beat writers will ask Kyle Shanahan, they'll ask the players, they'll ask Trey Lance, like you mentioned. But I think those guys aren't going to make anything of it, right? As we've seen in the last few years when it comes to anything Jimmy Garoppolo, just anything team-related, those guys are really, really good at towing the company line, so to speak, and not really saying anything, um, but giving you just enough to just keep the contact machine moving. They're, they've been, you know, they're exceptional at, like, the media game, quote-unquote, and I imagine they, you know – they do the exact same thing, even if there's some validity to the whole arm fatigue thing. Um, especially guys like George Kittle, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, now Brandon Ayuk, Tebow Samuel, you can kind of throw in there as well. Those guys we saw last year when it came to all the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, trade stuff, how they handled it. And I don't expect them to handle any of this stuff different, but just seeing how they had Garoppolo's back, I imagine they're going to have Lance's back as well. And I think the most you know, interesting part of this is how vocal Ayuk has been. Like you mentioned, not only have they been working out, I think they're in Southern California right now, um, 
working out together. The fact that he's been so vocal in defending him, um, whereas he hasn't been in the past with other quarterbacks, just, I think they have a closer relationship than maybe he, than Ayuk has had with past quarterbacks, which is what you'd want out of your, you know, former first round wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. So on Tuesday, they were, uh, he was on Instagram, he was at Trey Lance's house and they were making s'mores together. Um, so yeah, the, the relationship is there and we'll see if that kind of boils over into the season, because I think it, if there was a year for Ayuk to break out, this is the year. It's this you know, one. There's going to be a lot of focus on Debo Samuel after the year that he just had. There's always going to be focus on uh, George Kittle. So if the offense is going to change and evolve, it's probably going to be at the hands of Brandon Ayuk. We have to turn the page to Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, the Athletics' Matt Burrow said that Jimmy Garoppolo has been throwing for weeks, and we've been kind of wondering, you know, what the next destination for Jimmy Garoppolo is. There's been a lot of news this week about him. Uh, Tom Palistro said the expectation is that Garoppolo is traded at some point, you know, towards the end of the month, right before training camp starts, which is about two weeks, as I mentioned at the top here. Um, Albert Breer said that the 49ers are welcoming teams in to negotiate Jimmy's renegotiate Jimmy G's contract. So um, essentially that, that came off to me like, you know, we're probably not going to pay that 10 million or whatever, essentially what the Browns did for Baker Mayfield, but Hey, we're, we're willing to listen to the offers. Uh, Mike Florio uh, from pro football talk said that the Texans are waiting for the 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Grapple. So we're, we're getting news from all over the place which probably means something's brewing, something's coming soon. Uh, wh what was your take on this? Let's start with uh, Tom Plisho. Do you think that he's going to be a goner by the time training camp starts? It feels like a trade is imminent because Palisaro, he had the tweet thread where the first two was, hey, I spoke to Don Yee. Uh, I think Dan Cilio, who hasn't been very reputable, basically said over the weekend that, Jimmy Garoppolo on the Bucks is a possibility. And, he is a and, joke, by the way. We should yeah. not give him any credit. And uh, Pellis, I didn't even see it. And then someone mentioned it, and I was like, I, Dan Cilio, yeah, that's a no. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you mentioned Garoppolo and the Bucks is a possibility, and I guess Pellisaro reached out to Don Yee. Don Yee basically said, no, that's false. I, you know, Jimmy's progressing well, but we, you know, that report that the media member put out is false. And then the second tweet was, yeah, basically the expectation is that he's going to be traded by the end of the month. Well, where do you think he got that information from? He's not going to talk to Don Yee about the first half of that and then just be like, well, you know, I think he's going to get traded if in reality he's going to get cut because no one wants to trade him. So I'm sure Don Yee was the one that told Pelotaro, like, hey, you know, we've got multiple teams that are interested. We're working on some contract logistics. Uh, the 49ers said, you know, whatever the trade compensation is, is whatever the trade compensation is. Right. And <clears throat> they've moved on to the next step with some of these teams. And so I thought that was particularly interesting with training camp less than two weeks away. It feels like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone by the time 49ers training camp opens on the 26th. You, you agree? You think he's on the team uh, in two Tuesdays? I do not. I just think that that's a distraction that the 49ers don't want to have to deal with. So if we go into that Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the day is that they kick off where there's an open practice, we're not going to be asking about arm fatigue. We're going to be asking about what is going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, what is the plan here? Is he going to be splitting reps? Does he have a chance to start? Is he even practicing? Why is he here and he's not practicing? Like, the questions would be endless. 
And I think it would take away from everything the 49ers are attempting to achieve in 2022. And obviously it's, it's evident that Jimmy G is not in their plan. So um, I just don't think that they're going to allow that distraction to happen, which takes us to, you know, who is he going to play for? And whether Florio has, you know, whether there's legs to him going to the Texans, because obviously, you know, the Patriots brass, uh, the former Patriots brass is in Houston and, you know, they have Davis Mills, who I don't think is bad, but I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a competent quarterback. And if, you know, if you would think if they want to win right away, they would bring in a veteran. And that goes for a couple other teams. I mean, there are some other teams that I'm sure that we are not even talking about who would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why I, I do believe that he will get traded as opposed to being cut, just so that, you, you know, you get some sort of compensation in return. And the last thing you do is want him to walk out of the door without getting anything back. If you were to guess as of right now, this moment, where, what team do you think Jimmy ends up on? We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the pod, I think. And I think at that point we said Seattle. I still think Seattle feels the most likely, just given the fact that, you know, they went through OTAs. They probably saw Drew Locke and Geno Smith up front. Pete Carroll's pushing 70. John Snyder, that brass has been there for a while. Do I really think they want to sit through another rebuild? I don't. I, I, I do think at some level they had some interest in Baker Mayfield, but the personality probably pushed them away, whereas – I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a more seamless fit from that standpoint. Um, and, I, and I do think they go that route. So I think that's probably the likeliest destination. And I think from if you're Garoppolo, I think it also makes sense because it's probably the one logical spot where you'd step in and immediately probably be the starter. I think there's teams where he'd be an upgrade, but it's probably more of a competition maybe just because of maybe what the team has paid the other other player or, or whatnot. So I think I think that's still the most logical destination. Yeah, so are you are you ruling out the Texans? You not see that happening? I thought Davis Mills. Maybe you disagree, but it feels like he had a better season than some of the other rookie quarterbacks. Especially when we were going through some of the rookie stats, getting comparing him to the other rookie starters, it felt like he had a better season. And from a Texans point of view, you're not necessarily going to be contending the season anyways, especially in that division with the Colts and the Titans, with the way that, with the way that they are. So why wouldn't you just roll with Davis Mills? You've got a bunch of picks now from Cleveland for the Deshaun Watson trade. Why don't you just rebuild around Mills and go that route rather than flipping it for Garoppolo? Whereas I think Seattle's, a, even if we think they're kind of a joke in this division, I still think they're closer to contend than the Texans are. And that makes more sense. I agree as far as Davis Mills. I don't think he was terrible by any means. And I know that, you know, he's a rookie quarterback, so the bars are low. The bar is low. But I would give him another shot based on how he played last year. I don't think he was bad. Um, I, I, st- I think he's going to go to Cleveland. Um, I, I don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for the entire season, but I also don't think that Cleveland's going to go a half a season starting with all of their investments, whether it's, you know, they just paid um, Denzel Ward $100 million, uh, Miles Garrison's prime. Uh, you just brought in Amari Cooper. You're not going to have Amari Cooper catching passes from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you just paid David Njoku. So, um, I, I think that it, we're going to end up seeing um, somehow, some way, Jimmy Grapple with the Browns. And I, I think he's going to do fine there. I think hopefully he stays healthy, but that, that's just my guess. Um, Compensation-wise, no idea where that goes, no idea how it works out, but uh, that would be my guess. 
Yeah, I think the Deshaun Watson thing, I think the problem is I think he's going to get suspended for like four, six, eight games, something in that range. And I feel like the Texas or the Browns are going to talk themselves out of trading for Jimmy Garoppolo and paying him all that money. That and that's fair. And that would be the reason that it doesn't work, just because, you know, it's all contingent on what happens with Watson. So for trade to go down and going back to what Albert Breer said. So first off, he said that at this point, Jimmy G is underrated, which not sure how we got there. But he also mentioned that, you know, the 49ers are welcoming teams into just kind of renegotiate Jimmy's contract. They're talking about whether, you know, they're going to be willing to pay a certain amount of money and whatnot. Uh, do you think we see that happen? Do you think we see a team like Seattle, for example, be willing to um, or maybe it's San Francisco, like they're going to convince the 49ers to pay some of his contract to get to get Jimmy out of here? I was telling Javier Vega this last night. I think the negotiation between the 49ers, the team X that trades for Jimmy Garoppolo and Don Yee is going to be fantastic because Jimmy Garoppolo's $24.2 million base salary is non-guaranteed, meaning the 49ers don't owe a penny of that until you know week one of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo probably wants to earn every single penny of the $24 million because it's in his contract that he signed. And the team that's trading for him is probably saying, hey, just get try to get released so that we can sign you for X amount and we don't have to worry about trade compensation and we can structure the contract we the way we would like it to. Maybe we'll make it a two-year thing, whatever, right? And so, but the 49ers probably don't want to release him. And now it feels like they're playing this game of chicken, but I don't think the 49ers should take back any salary. This isn't the Baker Mayfield situation. Baker Mayfield was on a guaranteed fifth-year option, meaning that the Cleveland Browns owed him $18.9 million, no matter what happened, if he was on the bench, if he got, you know, if he, were, if he was traded, the traded the team that traded for him would take the cash on, but say he was released, the Browns would still be on the hook to pay him $19 million. Whereas with the 49ers, that salary is not guaranteed. So if you were to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, he is a free agent, and the 49ers would owe him none of that. And so that's the leverage they hold. And basically they can tell his camp, like, we're not paying any of your salary. You go figure out the money part of it with the new team. And then we'll work on the trade part of it with that, with that team. So I think that's how it's going to go. Not necessarily. Okay. We'll take on some percentage of the salary, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I don't think it's worth paying $5 million or $10 million, whatever the number is to buy a day two or a day three pick. I would just rather release him, save that money. And then, move forward that way. So my counter to that would be if I know that I'm going to have, you know, plenty of space coming off of Garoppolo's contract. And yes, I'm going to have to use some of that money to extend Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, but I also have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract for the next two, three years. And with that in mind, I would be willing to pay for a day two pick if it's Seattle with the assumption that they're not going to be a playoff team. So that pick might be in the teens. I, I don't think Seattle would be like a, a three, four win team. They'd be like a seven, eight win team. Games. Right. They're going to be in more than likely the lower teens, um, maybe as high as, you know, t- uh, 11, 12. But if that's, if that's my line of thinking, I wouldn't mind, you know, paying four or five million to get that third round pick knowing that that third round pick can be high. Um, what do you think about that? If that's the case, I'd start to consider it. I think, I guess in my mind, so the percentage of the salary that the Browns paid, I think worked out to be like $10 million. Cause I think 
the Panthers are paying him roughly five, and I think he gave back like three and a half. So if if the 49ers were to pay 10 million for like a day three pick, I'd probably say no. If they were to pay 10 million for like a third round pick, I'd really consider it. Yeah, I guess in your case, you're thinking more like four or five million dollars, which again, there's just a huge difference. So I guess it comes sure, down sure, to sure. exactly what the draft compensation is and what the you know, the money that they'd be on the hook for. And I'm sure the 49ers and Parag and those guys have a value chart <laughs> that they've generated. And basically they're just punching it in and seeing if it's worth it or not. And so ultimately I think the 49ers won't get good enough draft compensation to feel that taking on some of salary is worth it. So ultimately I feel like that's how it's going to go. And ultimately, Garoppolo is going to have to restructure his contract. Maybe the 49ers get some sort of day three conditional pick and return and everyone's happy and we just move on. I, I feel like it's headed in that direction. Yeah, and you're probably right. So let's talk about this again, two weeks away. So they need to essentially work out a deal with Jimmy, figure out what they want to do with him. At the same time, figure out Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, because I don't think those two are going to step on the field without a new deal. If I'm either of them, no shot I'm stepping on the field. If I'm definitely Debo wouldn't. I don't think Nick Bosa has anything to worry about, but um, they're they're cutting it pretty freaking close here. And like who, for all we know that they could have a deal in place with both those guys and they're just waiting on the money uh, and the you know, Garoppolo deal to get done. But do you think that we get into a scenario where whether it's Bosa, whether it's Debo, they, I don't, I'm, I don't know if holdout's the right word, but let's just call it a holdout for the sake of arguments. Um, do you think that we see them not practice during training camp because there is, they don't have a new deal? They're still playing on their rookie contracts. I just saw yesterday, I think Fred Warner's deal got done on July 21st last year, and then George Kittle's deal got done August 13th, two years ago. So we're, we're in the neighborhood for where these extensions typically right. happen with the 49ers and that was before they had any you know any issue with um cap space like they do this year and so i think debo samuel still a higher priority than nick bosa just given the fact that debo samuel's entering the final year final year of his contract he's only set to make around four million dollars he's publicly voiced his you know his uh displeasure with his contract situation so i think the 49ers are going to address that first i think there's a possibility they have some sort of you know, agreement in place um, and pending a trade, they'll probably go ahead and, you know, consummate that deal on the Bosa front. I could see that waiting a year. Cause I know Joey Bosa, I think didn't sign his extension until after his fourth year. Right. So going into that fifth year option is when he signed it. And obviously he played in his, in the fourth year of his deal. So I could see that being a possibility. Maybe the 49ers wait um, on Bosa. Cause I think I forgot who it was, but someone said about a month ago that, um, you know, the 49ers hadn't even started on Nick Bosa's contract. Maybe it was Kyle Shanahan had said it during OTAs that they hadn't even like approached those conversations. So I think Debo's still the higher priority. I think that gets done because I think he won't step on the field without a new contract. And I think the Niners know that. So now once the first domino falls, that which is a Garoppolo trade, and I, I think all these subsequent ones are going to follow. Yeah, I think once we see the Garoppolo news happen, we're going to see the dominoes start to fall pretty quickly. And I think that's what we're all waiting for. So uh, stay tuned, essentially. Stay tuned, and the news is going to roll in fast. Once that happens, we're going to be able to flip the switch to the 2022 season, and then we're only going to 
we're finally going to be fo- able to focus on um, football things, which will be nice. That'll be refreshing. Um, so that that should do it for us today. Again, uh, so I'm going to be at training camp. Uh, that'll be fun. We're going to have some, you know, all everything that's going on there. We're going to be able to talk about. I'm going to try to do some daily recaps for you guys, so that way you you get it firsthand information. It, it's tough because when you're not there, you have to go based on well, what other people see. Yeah. And, it, and in my experience, what's happened is um, a lot of times writers, and this goes not just for the 49ers, but this goes for like all teams. Writers will focus on like two or three plays and act like that was what happened the entire practice when that's just not the case at all. So my goal is to kind of give you the broad picture of everything that's going on. So uh, looking forward to that again, two weeks away, man, cannot wait. Finally, the off season is over and hopefully this arm fatigue talk is over as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Um, again, it's just, I'm so over talking about the off season. Uh, Kosh, where can we follow you? Follow me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. I'm so over the off season talk. I can't wait to get back to actual football things and, scheme and players and all of, all the fun stuff during the season i can't wait to get back to it as always appreciate you everybody for listening uh niners nation podcast network please do subscribe to the podcast subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcast apple spotify all that fun stuff we appreciate you once again uh i was telling kp this the other day i can't believe we're near 100 episodes but we thank you guys for listening and as always go niners